Here we go. You're listening to Thursday's Law and Gospel on this October the 5th in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my co-host, Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. Did you listen to By the Way this morning? What we're going to be talking about today is a new program, Biblical Worldview, Euthanasia and Physician-Assisted Suicide by William Wolfe. William Wolfe writes a great article. He talks about in a world where the boundaries of life and death are increasingly blurred at best and disregarded at worst, it is essential for Christians to articulate their beliefs and convictions regarding controversial issues. That should be in sermons. Unfortunately, one controversial issue includes legalized euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide which are both on the rise in Western countries, including the United States and Canada. Now, how do we define euthanasia, Wes? Well, I think we have to begin with the definition. Euthanasia is the intentional ending of a human life or the stated purpose of eliminating their pain and suffering. You have a physician-assisted suicide. It's when a doctor assists an individual in ending their life upon the person's request. Both of these practices can and do occur, even if the individual is not necessarily in extreme suffering or dealing with a terminal illness. Now, how does a doctor end a person's life? Well, do you know? Generally, the way that I heard is uh, through a drug-induced Yes. Yes, they'll give them a drug, they'll fall asleep, and they won't wake up ever again. And what is the purpose? How do they justify assisting suicide, assisted suicide. Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting. It's mercy in dying or dignity in death. Dignity in death. And that's a really slippery slope. Of course now, it is. Of course it is. You know, there's another article I could have sent you of a Canadian woman who entered a hospital who had suicidal thoughts, so what did they do? They started presenting to her ways to commit suicide instead of talking through her mental health issues. Slippery slope. Yes. Now, over the last few years, Canada has aggressively expanded its pro-death regime. They call it medical assistance in dying. In other words, if you take the first letter of each of those, it's MAID, M-A-I-D. 
and statistics report, what are the percentages? Well, what's interesting is in Canada, these assisted deaths rose by 35% from 2020 to 2021. The number of medically assisted deaths continued to grow since May was introduced in 2016. There were 12,600 written requests were made in 2021 and 31% more than the 9,000 that were written in 2020. So this is really changing. And there's going to be a change and has been a change in March 2024, where Canada extended the MAID program. Who now also is included? Well, is those sole medical condition is mental illness, such as depression, post-traumatic stress syndrome, which is often, you know, found in our returning soldiers from abroad, and schizophrenia. They're even considering allowing, quote, mature minors to be eligible for the program. Already now, that's, yeah. that's really interesting. Uh, how do they define a mature minor? They don't. But no. we're talking about a child who decides they no longer want to live. And there's a lot of children that maybe don't like their parents, etc. They are now going to be given the option of committing suicide in Canada. But that's not even the worst. What if some what are some healthcare employees how are they promoting ba made? Well, it's a solution to if you got disabilities that you can't get rid of those facing homelessness, those on pension or pensioners, uh, and the suicidal. Now, disabilities, whether you can get rid of them or not, that is still going to be allowed for suicide. So it's not a serious disability. This is very mm -hmm. interesting. Homelessness, they're going to allow suicide. And pensioners, well, that's really, really bad. Especially mm -hmm. the idea that what they refer to as mature children can commit suicide. You know what that reminds me of? That was yeah, the program used in Nazi Germany. I was going if to say you, the same thing, yeah. Yeah, if you were disabled or you weren't the right kind of human being that Hitler wanted, then you could be put to death. This is really what this group is doing. They're today's Nazis. And it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or if you're a woman or a man. 
if you believe in physician-assisted suicide, we're going back to World War II. In fact, it's so bad. What did the liberal news outlet, the New York Times, ask? Is choosing death too easy in Canada? And that's kind of an interesting question. Yes, it's too easy in Canada to choose death. So this biblical view, though, of euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide really provides an irreplaceable foundation for Christians as they strive to understand these issues with an emphasis on the sanctity of life and the, rep and the importance of respecting God as the author of human life. So central to the Christian perspective is the belief in the sanctity of life. That means from the moment of conception to a natural death, life is considered a precious gift from God. Now this idea is conveyed in a number of passages, including Psalm 139. Do you know what that says? Yeah, verses uh, 13 to 16. 139 says, For you formed my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw, your eyes saw my uh, unformed substance, and in your book we were written, every one of them, in the days that you were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So this passage underscores the belief that God is intimately involved in the creation and development of every human life. It affirms that life begins in the womb and is a part of God's divine plan. Now, you had asked me about the previous program, the uh, coffee hour, and what they were speaking about is that we should cling to the gospel. And do you recall the particular example they gave of what cling means? I didn't get that. I was thinking of, uh, by the way, we were going to answer the question, why, why are they doing suicides? Okay. This clinging is when you get a piece of wrapping and you put it around some food and it clings to the food. And the mm. point they made was there was nothing in between the wrapping and the food. And that's what faith is. There's nothing that you do to make faith possible. 
it's a gift from God, clings to you, and as you trust it, wow. I, so, I have a question for you. Go. Well, the passage that we just read, 139, underscores a belief that God is intimately involved in creation and development of every human life. It affirms that life begins in the womb and is part of God's divine plan. Now, what about this this part of verse 16 that says, in your book, we were written, every one of them, the days that formed, and yet none, there was none of them. What book are they referring to? That's the last verse in Psalm 139. It's verse 16. Right. And the book is what? Well, that would be the book of life that's talked about in Revelation. Your name is in the book of life. Oh. That that comes about in baptism. Remember, God names you in baptism. Sure. So what the psalmist is communicating under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that the sovereign God of all creation has fixed for every person a number of days that they are allotted to live on this earth before dying and facing the final judgment. So when you combine this biblical insight with the clear command of commandment five, not to murder, one simple truth becomes crystal clear. As creator of mankind, only God has the right to determine the moment of life after death. Now, have you not visited shut-ins who wish that they would die soon? Their spouse is dead. They have no children. Hardly anyone visits them. They're very alone. How do you help them? Well, first, you enter into a devotional life with them. I can remember many instances uh, where I would tell them that God has decided that you're not going to going to go yet. You got. He still has plans for you here, here on this earth, even from inside the, the home where you're at. And uh, I would remind them that, you know, you can pray for your family, you can pray for the church, you can pray for your pastor, you can pray for for a lot of things. And God's going to hear those prayers. In one instance, I remember I said in, it moved her heart so much that she left her entire estate to the local church uh, school that we had and uh, for the next generation to be raised in the Christian faith. Right. So, in essence, the practice of euthanasia and efficient physician-assisted suicide, it is really an attempt to what? Well, it's an attempt to, to short-circuit and and uh, 
go ahead and and uh, make themselves God. Yes, to play God. In essence, promote, proponents of these practices are usurping God's authority and dominion over his creation. So the Bible is clear that the duration of a person's life is determined by God, and no human should seek to alter that divine plan. In fact, many Christians believe about suffering and difficult circumstances. How do we see them? Well, really, as, as a time of spiritual growth and, re, and reliance, if you read in uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 12, Apostle Paul writes about his own suffering, where he said to me, my grace, where he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power was made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast even more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. For the sake of Christ, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, when I am weak, then I am strong. And yet that list is what Candida is saying. You can commit suicide instead of going through a hardship or a calamity. So Paul's words really illustrate that in times of suffering and weakness, Christians are called to rely on what? On God's strength and grace rather than resorting to hastening death. You know, that, that reminds me of, I'm sure you, you're saying, you know, you go to the hospital and a person's on their deathbed and you know that they're within days of dying. And instead of assisting, it's a time of witness. I remember clearly one family that I, that I called on and they knew that, that uh, the mother, the grandmother, the great-grandmother was going to pass away within days. And it was a wonderful time to sit down and, and do a witness with her and a witness to her family how much the Lord Jesus made in her life in faith. And uh, they they were comforted by that. And that's all taken away if you do a suicide. Exactly. So... The fifth commandment is an absolute prohibition against killing another human being intentionally, except in two situations. What are the two situations? Well, you're in a war, and you got to yep. defend your country or your people, or an act of, of self-defense. Yes, if somebody breaks into my house to shoot my family, then I have the right to fight against them, even if it means to put them to death or in war where we're defending the country. But outside of that, wow. Physician-assisted suicide involves the deliberate taking of human life, even if it is at the request of the individual. And the act itself 
contradicts the fundamental moral principle and therefore it qualifies as murder. You know, that now, brings up, um, in just a second here, it kind of brings up to me, we've discussed many ways in which we decide that we're, we're God and we'll interpret his word. Isn't that what we're running across with the gay issue, the lesbian issue, and all kinds of things of, of that nature? Uh, what, what do we consider to be the word of God? Exactly. That the word of God is being set aside for the word of man. And it's very interesting in the book of Proverbs, it says that you cannot know the will of God uh, because his will is as far as the earth is from the heavens. And therefore, it's very hard to know God unless you get it revealed to you. There's an example, one of the most high-profile cases of euthanasia in the United States was that of Terry Schiavo. In response to the doctors who euthanized her, Christian pastor and Bible teacher R.C. Sproul expressed concern. What did he say about that? suicide on the part of doctors. Well, it marks uh, the turning point in America. It's critical for the church in this country to wake up and mobilize against euthanasia and other signs of the times. You know, he went on to talk about the turning point in American history towards an era of neo-barbarism. Yes. And... He says that that Terry Schiavo death, Mark, was a transition to a neo-barbarian culture, barbarian culture. That, of course, is what the Nazis did. And he says, I think that's where we are. We've become barbarians because what we've just witnessed is the willful starving and dehydration of a living human being. And this was against the wishes of the parents. Yeah. I mean, the Bible makes it specific that it's an intentional taking of another person's life, that it's, it, it is murder, and anything other than that does not count. Yeah, I believe that if I had a physician in my congregation who did physician-assisted suicide, I would bring him under discipline. And if he would not repent and stop what he was doing, I'd even make it to the point of excommunication. Because while it is true that I don't normally bury someone who commits suicide, and I wouldn't in these situations, sometimes a suicide takes place because of what drugs they're taking? Right. You know, there, there are drugs that people take and they, they go, one of the side effects can be suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies. So you have to be careful as to what, what has transpired in the life of that person. 
Good point. Good point. But for a physician to take somebody's life, I can't think of any reason for that. Can you? No. And again, I think he brought it up well in the time of the Nazis, Germany back during World War II, where they were taking, they were making the decisions as, as God as to who was fit and who was unfit. And you, you have the same thing going on here. The article also uh, compares euthanasia to abortion. Uh, Francis Schaeffer wrote about that. What did he say about that? I feel that abortion is murder. I think that it, this is what the Bible sets forth. It is interesting that people who are for abortion tend to be for euthanasia. I think will spring from the fact that modern man does not feel that human is unique and sees him only as a continuum from a molecule onward. The Bible says, of course, that man is unique because he's made in the image of God. You know, I remember when euthanasia was just starting to hit into some of our world books in the U.S. And in my days at the seminary, the profs and many of our pastors were saying, we're making that connection of abortion and euthanasia. So as pastors, we make a critical distinction between actively ending a life, which is a sin, and providing comforting care and emotional support. And how does the Bible teach us to have sympathy for those who are suffering and to com to comfort them well to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ that brings up an interesting question with people who who have cancer you know they they go under treatment for a while and, and things go well and then the cancer comes back and they decide no longer to take chemo that they'd rather end their days talking and spending time with loved ones instead of sick and, and not a... Okay, thanks so very much for helping us out with this article, especially the enlargement of physician-assisted suicide, not only in Canada, but also in certain states here in the United States something the church needs to speak out against. And we'll have more of this information on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. 
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.